Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared. Mike. Well, all right. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. <laughs> uh, glad you are here. Glad you are with us listening. Hey, uh, wait a minute. There is one more on the line. And it's Sean Wright from Lollygagger Effects. Hey, Sean. How are you today, bud? I am doing. How are you and Tony doing? We are doing We're holding very down well. the fort. Yeah, we are. The fort is officially being held down. The fort down. is with us. <laughs> I don't know. That was terrible. I can't believe I said that. Uh, the three muscatoons. Yeah, serious. So, yeah, Jared. So, Mike, Thursdays are a little rough for Mike. Uh, he's got a lot going on in his life. And, um, uh, and then Jared is actually in Hawaii right now. Uh, I believe he is doing the uh, uh, doing a, a, a luau dance. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he cleaned out the luau. <laughs> this thing. Well, I'm just saying, they had that big pig in there, yeah. and uh, it was a lot left I over. I thought it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, like, the idea of Jared on a plane oh. is... I can't I can't wrap my head around that. I, he's going to have a neck ache because he's going to have to bend his head to the side so he doesn't hit the top of the plane. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, then it's, it's, it's not a, only a tough trip, not only that, but just knowing he he's he is a he's got a humongous heart, but he can have a, a relatively short fuse <laughs> 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 and the things that set him off. Man, you do not want to be on the other side. He's not not like a big, terrible, awful. Mm-hmm. He's not a brute by any. No, sense. he's not a brute. But man, he just he'll it, get the, fired the, up. The, the switch flips. Yeah. So if the switch flips, <laughs> get it. Just you know. So I can't imagine something bothers him on the plane. Oh man, that's a long ways to go. <laughs> uh, I asked for two bags of pretzels. I can't. Why don't I get two bags of pretzels? I paid, got two bags I paid of pretzels. $1,000 and all I got was a stinking bag of I'm, pretzels. I'm twice his size. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, well, we miss these guys anyhow. We do. We do miss and them. And we'll be only half as smart today. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, that's why we got Sean online. He's making up for that, and we're glad he's here. Our topic today... Uh, is not going to be Sean from Lollygagger or his awesome pedals, which are the... The Canalia and the Cherry Box. Yes. So you've no doubt uh, hopefully heard the episode with him, and if you haven't, go check it out. It's on our website or on YouTube. And he also uh, has some just stinking rad pedals not stinking like stinking in a good way like yeah stinking cool man <laughs> anyways i don't know why i could have used any adjective and i was thinking bitching yeah um yes we are going to be talking today about from from a from a layman's standpoint from yeah. a, from the regular guy's standpoint what's going on in the world with the guitar industry right now and retailers was, in particular yeah there's some recent news that popped up that uh set this all off and uh we're gonna get into that cherry bomb yeah (laughs) uh anyhow 
I, I can't now. I gotta now. I gotta not think. It's of, all about product placement. Yeah. See. Now I gotta not think about the runaways. Um, <laughs> count to ten. Okay, Tony, what, what's going on in your world? Well, um, wait a minute. What? Who? You got something to do? Oh. Yes. Everybody. You, you everybody can't gun. wait to hear about this. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm thinking probably Jared in particular is missing this. Yes. Because, you know, he loves this segment of the show. And I know a lot of you out there dearly love the things that we do here at uh, the Guitar Knobs podcast. Yes. Um, yep. And, you know, not a day goes by that I don't hear someone say, how can I help keep <laughs> the Guitar Knobs podcast going? Right. What I'm saying, <laughs> I'm told that it's quite easy. And I'm told there are many different levels that you can help out at. It's a simple matter of going to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. And when you go there, you will see many, many options. Yep. For something like, let's just say, the cost of. A can of soda. Yes. Or pop, as uh -huh. we like to call it. If you bought once of one can of pop a month. If you bought one can of pop a month. Road pop. Right. That's right. <laughs> you can help out. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, nothing. But let's just say I'm a, I'm a big roller. I'd like to buy maybe a 24-pack of pop or maybe maybe a, maybe a couple of those. Oh, there are okay. ways that you can go from, you know. The guy with the hook is coming on the side. I can <laughs> see him coming over <laughs> here. <laughs> Um, but anyhow, so what I'm saying is if, it, you know, from big to small, it just really lets us know that there are people out there listening that care about what we're doing. We care about what we're doing. We enjoy what we're doing. Uh -huh. And every little bit helps. Mm -hmm. And I think the larger that you go, the more options there are yes. in terms of rewards. Yes. All the way up to, I believe, a Guitar Knobs custom T-shirt. Oh no, it goes way but way oh, beyond even that. beyond that. Way beyond that. I mean, that's that's maybe middle of the road. Yes. I believe the top tier is you doing a shirtless car wash. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. That's gonna have to be no. some big money. Uh anyways. Big so money. anyways. So anyhow, so if you want to help us help support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. We really appreciate everything you do. And as Jared would say, put your name right on the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so okay. Anyhow, so that's, that's that little bit of business. Yes. Page two. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, okay. So now on to things that people actually give a crap about. What's going on? <laughs> and Sean, what's going on in your guitar world this week? Actually, right now, um, I'm in the process of getting our uh enclosure for our cherry box mocked up so once we do that uh we will do a uh probably about a run of about three or four um i'm gonna shoot them out to a few folks i believe i'm going to be sending one to you guys excellent and then uh we're gonna get some feedback and then I'm hoping for a release. Uh, unfortunately, I had to push it back, but it'll probably be after Christmas. Uh, will yeah. you be using cherry wood on the cherry? <laughs> you know, we were we were talking about that, me and my wife. And, uh, uh, you know, it, there is actually a really good possibility that we will be doing that. Uh, I'm not positive on that. 
but we also may be doing hickory. And I think the motif we're going to go for is uh, uh, red uh, aniline dye and then having the lettering black. Well, so then. not too not too yeah. far from our uh, color scheme of our old uh, setup with it. And then, you know, we, we reworked the circuit a little bit. So, so right now we're in the process of doing that. And then uh, we just got done doing a large order for Japan. And now we're doing a 11 piece order for a uh, dealer out in California. So we're just lots of irons. That's in awesome. The fire. That's great. Good for you. Yeah. Really we're really excited. Yeah. Uh, Tony, what what's up with you, bud? Well, well, this week I uh, um, I had an opportunity to visit um, gentleman in Granville, Ohio, Steve Weber, Weber Custom Guitars, and he is actually the only guy in Ohio that has a Pleck machine. And I have to say that prior to my visit, I was a bit of a skeptic, and I think part of it was apologies in advance to Gibson, but. Gibson apparently has six of these machines and they supposedly pleck every instrument. And I've just seen some kind of mixed results. So that was kind of my introduction. And I'm, I'm so glad that I was able to go out and visit with Steve. He showed me what I think is the right way to use this machine. One with the strings on the instrument and it does a series of measurements uh, so, so, so what is the, a Pleck machine? The, the Pleck machine itself is basically a CNC computer controlled machine that uh, reads the fretboard, reads the frets, reads the action, and so, so proposes basically it levels frets. I yeah. mean, in, in, in a nutshell, it, it can cut nut, nut Walk slots. Walk me through what this looks so like. So, I walk up to this machine. It's a big glass booth, not okay. not huge, maybe the size of a okay. of a like phone a glass booth. cabinet, like a, a glass phone booth. cabinet, yeah, like a glass case of emotion. <laughs> so, um, so the guitar is hung inside this thing. The door closes, a little head comes down, and it reads. First, it reads string by okay, string. Don't by think string. of a little actual person's head. <laughs> There's a little <laughs> head, a little tiny head, uh, and it actually rolls along the fretboard. And at each fret, it gives the measurement how far away it is okay. from the center. Okay. Uh, so basically, it starts with a baseline of what the wood looks like. Then it goes fret by fret by fret and reads the height of each fret at each string. At each, uh, the height of each fret at each string at each fret. Okay. <laughs> That's <hard. laughs> I'm getting all confused. I'm getting all flustered here. Yes. And, um, and so graphically and this is a part that i'd never really seen before because i've seen them in operation on youtube and other things uh other places have posted that but i'd never seen the software side of it and basically it it provides a a, a, a chart a graph that shows the shape of the fretboard the shape of or the height of each fret and you can do string by string by string and interestingly on the guitar that i brought over um <laughs> I mean, I thought it was set up okay, but I mean, it, it kind of exaggerates. So you see where some of the frets are way out of whack. And in this case, there was actually a slight twist in the fretboard. Oh, no. And as they went to the end by the 21st fret on the high E side, they had actually over sanded. So there was a big drop off. Uh oh. 
Wow, um, really? Yeah. And it, so, I mean, I didn't really notice it, but it's it, it was there. So, um, so that's step one. Uh, it tells you, okay, you know, you might need to put some relief in the neck or take some out, whatever. Does another measurement, and then it makes a recommendation based on this type of action that you want, the strings that you have on. This is all done tuned to pitch. Um, and it, uh, it then provides another graph, and then you can make some adjustments to make sure that you can grind enough off of some of the high frets but still leave enough meat on them so that it still plays. Right. And fortunately, in this case, so so in the case that you know, there was some drop-off on the uh, close to the 21st fret on the high E side, it actually compensated for that drop-off by leaving a little more uh, fret there. So, I mean, it, it, once you give it the okay, it goes back in. The first thing it does is it cuts the nut slots to the specs that you want. It goes in literally fret by fret. Does it, at that point, does it have to take out the strings? Yeah, you have to move the strings out of the way. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Okay. Yeah, you, have, you move the strings out. You loosen the strings, move them out of the way. It does another measurement so it can see how much string tension was pulling on there. Then it says, oh, okay, so it needs to come down X number of, you know, microns, whatever it uses. But it literally goes fret by fret. And now this, this was a guitar that actually had a uh, finished fretboard on it. Yeah. And I was a little nervous, but, you know, Steve said, oh, no, you don't have to worry about that. And, yeah. and sure enough, it it left the fretboard alone, but it just literally ground down the frets, shaped the frets. Uh, some some of the frets needed eight passes. Some frets needed four passes on this thing. And I, I, I have to say, I mean, I, I was really happy with, with how, it, how it came out. And um, it took about... Well, Steve was explaining a lot of things. It took two and a half, three hours to do. But other people that I know that do fret work, it's usually a good fret level is is about two hours anyhow, yeah. no matter what. Um, but this one, I mean, you, I don't think a human can do as precise a job as this. So wow. what did that cost you? Or what, what's the typical cost? Uh, of I think uh, he typically charges around $200. Um, if you want to put a new nut on, I think it's an additional forty or fifty dollars. Um, but um, yeah, it, it it worked out really well. And 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 in this case, I don't think I would have been able to. I'm, I I hate doing fret work to begin with. And had I taken it somewhere, I don't think someone would have been able to get it as close, right? Um, as 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 what this is. Well, it would probably also help identify if you actually need to, anyways. Yeah, like exactly. Refretted. Yeah, I mean, there comes a point. I mean, if the if the fretboard is so wonky, yeah, uh, it you know that you can't can't do it. It'll tell you that grooves are too deep, or you know stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but it's uh, but it, it's a it's a really uh, it's an interesting process. I'm glad that I had a chance to do that. Yeah. Um, at some point, we may want to you know, have Steve come on and and and, yeah. and and talk about it. But he's uh, apparently there are only 13 of these Pleck machines in the U.S. It's a German made. Uh, instrument or uh, machine yeah and gibson has six of them right but what steve told me is they are kind of using it half-heartedly um maybe in the custom shop or no no they do every guitar except they don't put strings on the guitar so they're basically he said in his opinion probably one out of a hundred actually gets set up 
properly. Wow. But because they're, what they're doing is they're, uh, they're using it to level the frets and cut the nut slots okay. and without any strings on it. And, and the beauty of this system is it, it actually it does you know, take into consideration the string tension. Interesting. So there you have it. That was, that was kind of my highlight of my week. That's cool. That is really cool. What about you, Todd? Yo. About your week. Uh, my week consisted of trying out a couple new pedals. I was experimenting with a with a friend's uh, hand built overdrive, just kind of checking it out. Um, it was nothing necessarily super special or anything, but it was cool just to kind of play with another drive. I'm I like stacking drives, and and I'm trying to find some signature sounds and 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 uh, trying to. Trying to find that sort of like magic combo that maybe doesn't exist just uh, in a straight one line kind of thing like this pedal plus this guitar plus this amp equals kind of thing yeah always in the search of new drive stuff there is a pedal that i want to build that i'm i'm kind of excited about so i was i was kind of mocking that up and just seeing what it's gonna be more to come later on that um but <laughs> other than that i'm just like playing the living crap out of my stuff i'm i'm i feel like i'm in a a creative hot spot right now like i i mean it may just be the kind of thing where the more you do the more that comes out kind of thing but i mean i play guitar pretty regularly and it feels like every time that i'm grabbing it now i am then uh i i created a little flexible arm attachment to my pedal board that holds my phone so I can get close enough to the amp so I'm not getting that ambient. Like, you know, when you record on a set, you can hear the guitar too, so you get the wet-dry kind of thing going on, and I can't stand that because, like, I want to hear what the effects are really doing. And so every time I'm picking up the guitar now, it's just like, holy crap, they're, they're, that's a thing. And I got to record it, and then I send it to all the all the my friends, and I've named each one of the riffs that we're doing after some kind of meat product. <laughs> I don't I don't know why cuz it just sounded funny, you know. So so you know, then we get into practice we're like, okay, uh let's do meatloaf real quick. You know, like wait, where is that? Let's do um pork loin. Pork loin, you know. Let's do spam. Yeah, well it they'll ultimately get named you know, accordingly with the with the lyrical content. How but, about the Braunschweiger? Right. <laughs> because uh, what else are you going to do? Uh riff number 13, you know. I like that. That's, that's It's worked fun. out. So it's a, yeah. And we all, there's plenty of meat products to be There's a named. lot. Yeah. Anyhow, so that's what I've been doing. Blabbity blabber. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. So guitar industry, let's talk about this. We, we just got, a, you know, uh, some experience with a couple different aspects of guitar industry when we were out in Chicago, which we mentioned, which was, um, you know, something at a very um, uh, intimate kind of experience with the gear show. We went to a big flagship store with Chicago Music Exchange. We went to a smaller store in Rock and Roll Vintage. And so we got a, like a, in a, in a two days we had, we hit all the major landscapes, except for going to some of the, you know, big giant major box stores. When we were talking to Sean, we were just saying, hey man, what's up? I'd like to have you back on. Let's talk about some stuff. He immediately said, I got something. 
Sean, what did you tell us? Oh, I was just talking about the, the state of music manufacturers in this country right now. Yeah. Uh, the uh, influx and flow and the ebbs and the lows of uh, what's going on right now. There's a lot of, I don't know if I would say uncertainty, but there's a lot of change-ups going on right now. Uh, you know, you have what's going on right now with Gibson, which is um, not necessarily people didn't, you know, they saw it coming, but the fact that it had gotten to that point and I think I was telling you and Tony about uh, PGS closing doors now. Yeah, so if you go to try to find uh, what Andy, one of the mm-hmm. most beloved demo guys out there on the interwebs uh, from Pro Guitar Shop, you're going to get redirected to... Reverb. That's right. So now there's a little sign that says, hey, <laughs> Andy's with us now. So can you give us a little shed a little bit of light on that real quick? Yeah, I, I think it was a good move on Reverb's um, part. I had a feeling that this the announcement of the PGS, I have a feeling the insider people knew for probably quite a while. And it sounds like to me that, uh, and I don't know this for sure, but it sounds like to me that uh, you know, Andy and Reverb uh, probably got together a little while ago, and they're you know decided to you know take Andy on, which is really smart for them because uh, people think that Andy is just like a demo guy, but Andy is integral to the whole production, filming, sound of that whole the whole thing. So it's a big asset for them to get them to get him to come on there. And for when you have a company that's maybe not doing as quite as well, but then you have a company like reverb who is doing very well. Um, it's kind of a confusion. I think a lot of people would think it's like, why is this one not doing well? Why is this one doing well? And that's kind of what I you know thought it would be interesting to talk about tonight. Yeah, I think that's the, I mean, it's an excellent subject. I mean, I think we've all experienced that. Um, we were talked a little bit about what's going on with Gibson and um, I mean, they had the, one of their, I guess they called it a, I, I, in, in, in technic, technically it was a factory in Memphis. They did all of their semi hollow and full hollow instruments there. Um, and Gibson just announced that they were closing that uh, it was also a kind of a showcase place where people could come in and tour, and they had a little you know store there, and people could try things out. Um, it was a place for people who had love for Gibson, some sort of you know uh, affinity for it, to be able to say, "Hey, I I, I want to connect with the brand." Yeah, exactly. And and uh, I mean, if you go to Nashville, really, I mean, there there's the big factory, there's the custom shop, there's Epiphone. And then there's the the Gibson Repair Center, which is uh, closer to downtown. But none of them are really open to the public. And that's what Gibson uh, in in Memphis was. It was uh, people could go in and do tours. And if they didn't do the tour, they could at least go into the store and and, 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 and visit that. And hopefully Nashville does something like that. Maybe not at the factory, but... 
at a downtown location. I feel like it, it seems like they would ha- would be such a humongous miss if they didn't, because Nashville is such a, a tourist town. Yeah, and and a, and a music mecca. It is. To, it is. I mean, they, they've they've tried different things. Um, I mean, there was interestingly <laughs> the <laughs> Gibson Repair Department occupies a space that was uh, Valley Arts. And so if you ever go down there, you'll see a giant strat that says Valley Arts Gibson. Right. Gibson bought yeah. Valley Arts out. But it's very strange to see the word Gibson, Gibson on a strat. with a giant strat <laughs> yeah. on the side of the building. Um, but, um, you know, I was out uh, a couple of years ago. I went to the NAMM show in California and uh, visited the the Fender custom shop out there, factory. And I... They were already booked up in, in terms of tours, but they had the same thing. They had um, a shop where you could buy clothing and accessories and different things. But the cool part about that is they actually had a little room where you could try out just about every um, every model that they had. There was another room that you could kind of put to you know take this neck and put it on this body and different things like that. So you could kind of make your own order. Oh, that's neat. Things. So yeah. that that was so like an actual showroom type thing. That's yeah, it cool. was. That was connected to the custom shop out there, Fender Custom Shop, and so that was kind of cool. So I, I'm hopeful that Gibson would 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 do something like that, uh, at least open something up to the public. I I think they have to be aware that the the public opinion there's there's chatter. You it's like if you search Gibson guitar for any reason on the internet. It's like for every direct link to a guitar, there's also a link towards some kind of a, a message board or comment or news article or something where people are going sup with Gibson, you know, and, <laughs> and not yeah. really in a good way. So I think people are a little bit critical of it and also being sort of the, the industry giant well, for yeah, so long that that's that's part of it i mean it's there are you know there are some cons that that come along with being you know, yeah the giant of the industry yeah and uh, i think both fender and gibson have experienced that yep. um well that's what i was gonna say is that you know it, to be devil's advocate um it, it, this is not anything that fender didn't go through you know uh during the cbs buyout yeah uh, they are forays into their first line of uh, solid-state amplifiers. Uh, there was a lot of missteps there, and I, I think with Fender, they kind of learned their mis- you know, through their mistakes, and for the most part, has been pretty consistent in the last 30 years. Gibson really has never had that much of a problem. You know, everybody puts out a dud uh, once in a while in terms of a body design or whatever. I just happen to think that maybe the team there is a little bit confused or yeah. doesn't quite There's know what they want to do with the, yeah. uh, you know, uh, with the management. Yeah. 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 It probably stems from management down to, you know, maybe people I are mean, afraid to express what's yeah. really happening. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, we'd all be pretending, uh, cause you know, we're not privy to any of that, but yeah. when, when I, <laughs> when I see a picture a five day glow LPs. Oh, yeah. I just saw uh, that. 
I, you just got to wonder what are people thinking. And I'm, and I'm buying, not trying to be berate or belittle. Yeah. Everybody has to try something different, but they just <laughs> seem to me they've done a lot of weird things lately. So shall we say maybe they'll grow out of it. I don't know. Well, I, I'm, I think I'm going to buy some stock in hairspray companies. Because yeah. Apparently hair, me- <laughs> hair metal back. is back. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, are they, are they early to the jump or are they late to the jump? That's what I'm trying right. to figure I think out. You know? I think they're trying to uh, start a new trend. I don't know, yeah. but anyway, well, let, let's talk a little bit more about the retail side of it because we've, uh, yeah, you know, we've talked about the builders. I mean, it, it seems mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, before we go there, let's just say that I know I personally have noticed a lot more boutique builders, whether it's guitars oh, or yeah. pedals. Or I mean, whatever. our entire show is based around that. Yeah, and that's and so that's really promising to see that you know those are definitely. I I, I think there's an upswing on that. Yeah, um, but the, maybe the big guys are having a little tougher time because maybe they're not as in touch with their buying public. I don't know. I think that that is a a major. We've, you know, alluded to this in past episodes and stuff. And and by the way, for the record, like I have no industry connection. I am this is this is me as a regular Joe just speculating and and uh, talking about something that I'm passionate about. Tony has a little bit of inside information to a certain degree um with some of the work that he's doing. Um and Sean, I think you're probably sitting there with me on this on the little sofa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the um, love seat. Yeah, the love <laughs> you two seat. are on the love seat. I'm on the I'm on the big yeah. re- economy. Uh, you're lounger. sitting on the arm because I'm a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that as a consumer, as a guitar player, as a guitar enthusiast, one of the big big things that me is driving a lot of this sort of fervor right now is that we're talking about the guitar industry not the state of guitar gear me it feels like separate things uh you know if we're saying the guitar industry to me that means uh you know some of the big giant box stores uh or major major suppliers or really big brands where Mm -hmm. they are very connected at the hip. Something that I, uh, you know, I've just taken note of is that as a consumer, I now, via the boutique explosion, I have a much more accessible, tangible way to more directly form emotional reason to want to align with a specific brand of pedal of guitar of of cable of and just about anything pedal board you Mm -hmm. name it there are brands now that i have direct access to they feel familiar because i'm seeing them constantly in my instagram feed i can have a direct conversation with them via any one of my social platforms so what that is offering us now we've to a certain degree, remove the middleman, right? And mm-hmm. the middleman has been the big box in the past, you know, guitar or, or even ma and pa stores, yeah. which the big box stores helped drive out of most markets. Right. So if we're talking about that, let's just stop saying big box stores, okay? Okay. Guitar Center, Sweetwater, 
musician's friend, uh, Sam Ash, like you name it, all those things and whatever else is in your specific country that you may be listening in. Um, I know there's quite a few in, in the UK as well. You know, when you go into one of those shops, you're, you're to a certain degree, you're, you're very much at an arm's length. You know, pedals are usually behind glass. Ours are the, the expensive ones are hanging up a little bit higher. You have to ask someone to use it. You have to, you know, it's just it's it's a it's a weird experience oftentimes not not in every shop you know i think there are plenty that aren't like that that are trying to uh remove some of that barriers bar- some of those barriers so when, when people are saying oh the guitar industry da 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 it's like eh, well, wait a minute maybe this is not a bad thing you know well when you think about it i mean it's not Terribly different than when Leo Fender opened up his shop in the late 40s and even into the 50s, where he was the guy that musicians would go over to Fullerton and say, well, uh, Leo, I'd like to try one of your guitars. In fact, he would oftentimes take his guitars in the early days out to, he loved country music and swing music, and he would take his guitars out and have the guitar player Try it out and see what, you know, give them some feedback. And so I think maybe the saving grace of it is in, in a lot of cases, you are actually talking to and dealing with maybe the person who is building or at least running the company. And I, and I think that makes, that makes a big difference. I mean, in my case, like with Pick Guardian, um, there's a lot of people that say, hey, it's great to be able to email or talk to you know, the guy that's actually doing the work. And I, and I think there's something... There is a connection there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just like if you, you know, whether it's a pedal builder or a guitar maker or an amp builder. Yeah. Being able to interface with with that person, either one on one or through email or whatever, there is there is a connection made and and someone that can answer a question or say, oh, that's the sound you're going for. Well, why don't we try this? Yeah. Sean. You, yeah. you are, you know, you're sitting right in the middle of this. Uh, I feel like, like if we were at a table, you're like, guys, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear uh, you. <laughs> actually, actually, I I have a, quite a few theories about kind of what's going on right Drop now. On us. Um, I think it's a combination of uh, a few things. I think uh, with the larger stores, I think uh, especially like uh, uh, Guitar Center, I think they've overextended themselves too much. And I think that's what's hurting some of these larger places, I think. Uh, another what do you mean one, by that? Well, you know, if you look at gear sales in the last 15 years, they're getting less and less and less. And you have a combination of two things going on right now. At no time ever till now have people been able to be more informed on the gear that they are interested in playing than right now. So when you go to Guitar Center and you're looking for a Friedman amplifier, and all they have is, and no, no offense to PV, but they have like a PV or, or a Marshall DSL. There's, there's not a lot of different pieces in those stores. And, and obviously not all of them, because I know some of them do. Sure. 
But I think there's a combination of people are looking for certain things. And I, I kind of call it the craft brew uh, problem. Sure. Uh, when you go to the beer store now, before you could go and you can grab your six pack and walk up to the store and buy it and leave. Now, when you go to the beer store, you're sitting there looking at the door for 25 minutes because you don't know which one you want to get. We're in a, a country right now that wants options. And some of these places are just they're not they're not tooled up for the options that no. I think the general public wants. And I think that is what is ha- ha- helping right now. The boutique movement with gear, I think, as much as I think there are some aspects of it that are uh, saturated a little bit, I, I've said it before, I don't think these are the golden years in, in terms of any kind of gear right now. There is no gear that's getting better built than right now in this time. And the options and the availability, like you were saying, Tony, uh, be able to talk to people. I mean, not talk to a receptionist, not talk to the foreman. You're talking to the person who's actually taking your order and who's going to build your cables or who's going to build your pedal. Or you're talking to the guy you want to design a guitar with. And that is not an option that you're going to get with these larger places like Gibson and PV. They're they are manufacturing centers, you know, and, and I get that. I mean, you couldn't be on the phone all day long with the amount of customers that they have. So I think there's just a degree of people want options. People are more knowledgeable about what sounds they want or at least what gear they want to try. And I think that they are looking back to a sense of uh, quality where yeah. I think the Walmart mentality of the society is kind of starting to change. I'm seeing a more movement back to the mom and pop stores. I think there is a degree of, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, fluency in terms of like you, you have your lower income people. They're always going to shop at the lower end and then you get, I think the middle class is starting to get a little bit stronger now. I just think people are saying, I don't mind spending X amount of dollars on a good piece of gear. Now, it's not like it was 20 years ago where people were just shooting units out the door. But I think with the with the boutique guys, the guy only has to sell three guitars a year. You know what I'm saying? If he's like if he's doing it on the side. Or 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 like a cower guitars, which you know they're they're moving out lots of units and they're a small. They don't have to get every part of the corner of the. They just like this is our niche, this yeah. pays our bills. We're happy, and move on. And I think that's one of the things that uh, it's going well for the smaller guys and not so much for the larger. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that people want options, and I I would actually, I'm gonna ban on that a little bit. I think that there's a difference between saying we want options and we want um I've I use the term often signature or fingerprint, right? Mm-hmm. As a as an enthusiast uh or or even if you if you consider yourself a musician or just an enthusiast, either way, if this is your passion, if this is some your your hobby 
a way that that people get deeper into that is by making it their own. You know, if we say, well, people want options and Gibson responds, they say, great, here's 17 versions of the Les Paul. Mm. That is, that's not necessarily what we're asking for. Right. Right. That's exactly. We may not actually be asking you, Gibson, for 17 different versions of that. What we might be saying is we would like, hey, uh, said store, instead of giving us five major brands of every of of every piece of equipment, we would like more different brands. Diversity. Right. Diversity in in actual product, not in version of product. So I'm not going to be enchanted if I see, well, there's 27 Telecasters up there all by Fender. It's like, okay, I want to see a Nash. I want to see an Asher. I want to see, you know, I I, I want to see the different versions of that guitar from different manufacturers who have put their own twist, their own fingerprint, their own signature element so that I can then say, yes, I love the Telecaster body. However, mine's different because mine is mine is uh you know got a little bit shaved off like uh, i'm i'm really enamored with the the asher guitar right now uh, after picking it up and, <laughs> and, and 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 by the way i sent you a note mr asher so i hope you <laughs> i hope you hit me back anyways but but just that is like i was in a sea of fender and fender style guitars uh and you saw that one i saw that one i was like way whoa what's that and actually right before that this is a little i'm you know tiny diversion but i think tony you handed me a nash yeah you picked up this nash and you said dude this is you like look at this and it was a uh, it was like a dirty white had some nicks on it okay it was off white with a white pick guard okay and and it, and I like remember you know, like I, I've got a photographic memory so like I, I was like bow right and I saw that interestingly enough their interview with Earl Slick I'm willing to bet because he was playing a Nash and it was the exact same and I was like that's the guitar that I was holding that's kind of cool I'm willing to bet that that's they just walked over across the street and he picked out a couple guitars went back and did it yeah could be that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Earl Slick and I played the same guitar. <laughs> wow. Um, anyways. You're famous. Diversion. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to point out that, that no, no, not five or six neon. That's not what we meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think being in touch with your buying public is so important. Yeah. And, and knowing, you know, I mean, there's a certain amount of pre-guessing, I guess, that you have to do. But you know, I hate to keep dwelling on on Gibson, but they've they've had a lot of fumbles over the last couple of years. I mean, the biggest was the auto tuning system, which just oh, about yeah. every guitar player hated. And I know they spent a boatload of money to be the They're exclusive that distributor. Back actually. Well, I think it's still available, but I mean, it's. Yeah. They're, they're selling them off like really super cheap yeah. trying to get rid of them right now. Yeah. And and that was just kind of a, I mean, that, that I think spoke volumes about offering something that nobody was asking for. Yeah. I, I can't. But even, even with that though, I can see that they're, they're trying to do something. Maybe they're not uh, tuned into, you know, or not doing it correctly. Did you see, Tony, did you see the ad 
where they showed the neck of the LP and it had a crack and it was an ad. <laughs> There's did, a crack. I, I didn't see and, that, but I'm going to have to look for it. <laughs> there, you, you need to look. There's actually a crack oh. at the back of the angle of the headstock and it's an advertisement photo. It's the, that's the kind of things I think people are going, what the hell? I, I'm going to buy a 59 historic. I'm going to drop 10 grand on it. And I need to take it in to get the frets cleaned up. Yeah. That's to me is where I think they're really dropping the ball. Yeah, you know, like I said, everyone comes up with a stinker idea, and and that was definitely one with the tuning. Oh boy. But yeah. they're also, but they're doing like, and I don't want to be just a beat up Gibson thing, but real quick, it's like, have you been noticing this? Uh, or uh, we're gonna sell a, a Gibson Les Paul for a hundred dollars. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. They basically get a plank of of wood, throw some pickups in it, and they're they're going after the wrong market. They're just like, you have something, it works. Focus on fine tuning it and keep going in that direction. You you can't be world dominant. No one can be. Only uh, Microsoft could do that. Yeah. So it's and and that's you know traditionally that's where the Epiphones kind of filled that void. If someone couldn't quite pony up for a real Gibson. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I, I have, you know, just out on a whim or, you know, just out of curiosity, I've picked up a couple of their lower, lowest priced things and I, I've not been impressed. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe they were made in China and just, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It, it was kind of yeah. weird, but, um, I, I think, you know, I, I wanted to relate a story. I happen to remember as, as we were talking about, you know, I think a lot of people today that are building uh, actually enjoy having people come into their shops to to visit and, you know, take a tour or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, about, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 years ago, I was in New York and I used a lot of uh, Tech 21 Sansamp products at the time. Like I had the, you know, the, the old Sansamp and and then uh, when I did acoustic gigs, I, I would use the, they had a really nice acoustic DI. Um, and um, so I happened to be there and I looked up their address and unannounced, I, I show up on 52nd Street. I'm here. <laughs> and, they, and they're like, they're, they're like, you know, looking at me. And finally they bring out the, the guy who I actually had dealt with before, uh, at least via email or by phone. And uh, it was probably by phone at that time. And uh, and he came out and he just kind of, you know, it was just like this weird vibe, like, you know, what the hell are you doing here? And, um, but, you know, I kind of introduced myself. I told him, hey, we had talked, you know, on the phone and you'd sent me some information. I appreciate it. I love the products. I was in town. I just wanted to stop by. So it turned out okay. But, you know, nowadays it seems like, you know, like we were in Chicago, uh, Alchemy, you know, wanted us to come back and see their little yeah, shop. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was really cool. So there's a totally different vibe now, I think, in terms of people are really proud to, you know, showcase what they do, where they do it, yeah. and the products that they're making. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm real and happy And there are more that. of them, and they're more all, they're, they're all over the place. They aren't just in, you know, Nashville or yeah. Memphis or L.A. or, you know. Well, in your your example of, of calling it the, you know, the craft brew, I mean, the same thing. I mean, you can, you know, here in Columbus, I mean, geez, you can probably choose between 20 or 30 different oh craft brew places now. 
and uh, we'll give you a tour. And yeah, they they and they want they they want to showcase their product. Nobody want nobody doesn't want to talk about the thing that they're passionate about. Yeah, it just doesn't. You know, uh, it was you know something else that was is interesting. And in, if you are reading any articles online, referencing you know oh so what's going to happen with the guitar? You know, again, people are equating what I think Guitar Center announced last. Last year, last they were year they were supposed to close thirty or forty like stores, and right. I mean, it's. I mean, a lot of the big box places are are having. I mean, understandably, I mean they've got oh, big course, overhead, yeah. and yeah, so. Yeah. But on the same token, I've seen you know a, a number of smaller places, and maybe they don't have the full Gibson or Fender line, but they do have some cool, you know, vintage. But those and are easily gotten. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, got to have deep pockets you want to if you want to be an authorized fender or gibson dealer well i'm just saying they're easily gotten in the world oh yeah yeah, yeah. you yeah, don't exactly. have it it's not hard to find one you know that's true uh so you know when people are saying oh no oh, the sky is falling uh what does this mean as for me as a guitar player is my hobby over no 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 not at all no. and you know it, it, it's something to Conversely, make a point is I get my email from Effects Database. Yeah, had a com- couple conversations with uh, the guy who's running that, and Bart. Yeah, um, and we, what a cool service! It, look, everybody, if you aren't subscribing to Effects Database, you're missing out. Yeah, he that he puts together a killer report. Mm-hmm. Oh, and says. It, it right in your email is like you don't even have to open it. First thing, I just did a count. Uh, you know, it says X new uh, X amount of new brands, X amount of new pedals, right? So I just counted up in the last four months. He just and this is just his report uh, announced twenty four new pedal brands. That's in four months. Yep, twenty four new pedal brands. That's not to say. I, you know, I didn't even count how many new pedals, you know, I mean, there's a, the, the guitar nerds base their almost the entire podcast on like, Hey, this, let's bring you what's new. Right. And thank yeah. goodness for them and listen to them too. You probably already are. Cause everybody does, which, <laughs> you know, for good reason, they're great. Um, my point though, is that you, it, it can't, you can't be, Oh no. The guitar world is falling. Oh, wait, here's 24 brand new brands. It's just shifting. It's just changing. It is shifting. And to be honest, I feel like that shift is better, actually, for the industry. Uh, you know, Reverb doing so well right now and having so, us having so much access to so many pedals and so many builders and then being mm-hmm. able to get those relationships uh, if we want them, if we choose to, to seek those out, have access to that. All these new builders building great things. Uh, uh, people in the, the upper echelon of age uh, in the guitar world and the guitar enthusiasts might be on the side of like, hey, wait, where's what's going on with my Gibson stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're a younger person coming in, right, you are excited about guitar, yeah, there may not be quite as many guitar heroes because it's just scattered right now, right? The music industry. However, never before have you been able to 
not since maybe even maybe the the car culture, early car culture. Okay, think about that. When you were able to say, "I can drive a car," yeah, I I, I like this brand because that's what was available and that's all I had a choice of. Or I can hot rod my car. Or I can get my car customized by the guy down the street. You know, when that really started happening, the the car culture exploded, and not because of the manufacturers. It because you know there, there's there's the there was the the desire. They the manufacturers were reacting to what people were wanting and doing, and going like, "Hey, look what these guys are doing. Maybe we should make that." You know, well, it's like the muscle the muscle car uh, exactly. rage exactly. in, the, in the mid seventies. I mean. That didn't come from these people going, hey, let's make these. They, they were looking at guys that were shocking cars, and they said, okay, let's go this direction, you know? Right. Uh, oh, one thing real quick. I, You know, you were talking about maybe about Guitar Heroes and stuff. People saying that guitar is dead, that rock is dead. It's kind of interesting. I was watching – I don't know how I missed it, but I was watching – uh, the Smithsonian uh, Honors with uh, Eddie Van Halen uh, last night. And it was like a year ago or two years ago. If you think about it, Van Halen came out in like 78. People have this idea, at least people younger than me, that guitar has been going on for the last 40, 50 years. When Van Halen came out, Disco and punk rock were like the only things in soft music were the only things on the radio. There were no guitars. There were no rock bands. You know, there were some larger rock bands. It goes and ebbs and flows. It's like right now, it's like it was in 75 to 79. But what happened in 80? You got Randy Rhodes, you got Eddie Van Halen, you got George Lynch, you got uh, Ingrid Belsing. It'll it'll come back. People get so freaked out about that. Like you were saying, Todd, it's like it. it, This is a great time right now, and I tell people in in the business is that if you wanted to be in the music gear business, right now is the best time to get in. Just like any business, you get down in the business at the worst moment because it won't get any lower and more than likely it'll go up. That's so this will, so this will clear out, uh, some of the builders and either guitars, amps or pedals, the ones that can't survive or the ones that didn't not because they're, they didn't build great stuff, but maybe they weren't good business people or because of whatever. Yeah. It'll get weeded out and the strong will survive and that will carry on to really great products. Also, no other time in the history, and I keep kind of saying this, but you can get tools to make excellent guitars. You can get parts to make excellent pedals. It isn't like it was 30 years ago where if you were a small gear manufacturer, you didn't know where to go. You were like, oh, I got to go get a DigiKey catalog, and I got to right. look up in – no, now you call Mammoth and you say, okay, I need this, 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 and this, and this. Yeah. And then I go talk to the guy who does edge boards. And okay, you don't have to buy 10,000 of them. You don't. You don't. And I think that is one of the things that the larger manufacturers, if they're not taking note on, they're, 
or at least ignoring it, that anyone could build a great quality piece of gear at a reasonable price now. Yeah. Um, touching back on the uh, the Guitar Hero thing, I think and when we're referencing Guitar Hero, we're referencing a, a known... Uh, th- that has baggage to its name. So mm-hmm. we attach that to uh, specific people in time and specific styles of music. I think the guitar hero is, is less about a one unified hero. And mm-hmm. again, more variety. We just may not be casting all our votes on one single person anymore. There are absolutely here. I mean, there are guitar heroes that only exist on Instagram and YouTube band camp. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are people there who probably arguably have more hand raises than guys that are selling records, Mm -hmm. you know? So whoever might be on a cover does not necessarily reflect who we might have affinity for, right? I'm finding new guys all the time that I would consider guitar heroes that aren't mentioned in, in, uh, you know, uh, on in magazines or you know wherever else we may now see guitar heroes it's not the main the big stage anymore the, the there are so many more facets and uh breakdowns of who those people and things are our worlds don't have to be defined by everybody else and that's i guess that's my point is that my guitar world is not defined by what guitar center says this is the you need or what what guitar player magazine might say this is the hottest guitar player of the year or or what video is being replayed over and over and over again that i say well that must be the best guy it is absolutely 100 percent my choice who i choose to have as my guitar and or gear heroes my affinity towards specific brands reasons why i like them who I say, this is my set. You know, you get to create your own gang like you've never have before. That's empowering. I think that is exciting. And it's like, that's what gives me like loads of passion about this that I never had before. Because I never had the access. Never had a choice. But the the thing you have to remember though too, and I I absolutely agree with you uh, for several reasons because of the music industry right now. Um, you may or may not get that, but the thing is like most things, you always need a gateway drug to get an industry. (laughs) We're not, we're not advocating that, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, in in the terms of of getting your foot into something like I I can tell you right now, uh, eruption launched a million ships. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think in terms of having a balance about what you're saying, but the thing is, is the young kid who doesn't have maybe access or probably maybe not, maybe not a whole lot of knowledge. That's they're going to need something that they can kind of pin you know, something on. Yeah, I think there's probably some kind of like paradigm, like moment that will probably come and happen again. Tony referred to one 
I think in, in one of our recent podcasts, it was six, 1964. It was like, boom, everybody yeah. had a guitar underneath the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yep. then yep. totally agree with, like, you know, eruption happening. It's like, I mean, who didn't want to play guitar after hearing that? Whether we get another one of those is where people are maybe misplacing the argument of does this live or die? If we right. don't get another one of those, is it truly going to matter or... I mean, if it does happen and then that spikes everything, hey, great. But can it happen? Will we be able to survive without that? I, I think absolutely yes. Well, I think that the, the Internet has been, I mean, so amazing in being for people to gather, you know, to see new sources. I mean, I, I was, it was funny. I was thinking back, you know, in, you know, in the 80s when you wanted to learn a song, you, you sat there on a tape deck and just play, kept pause, rewinding. play pause play pause and then if you wanted the lyrics you sat there the same way jotted down one line what yeah. the what, what did he say that's how i learned guitar and and now yeah, you, did he did he say bathroom by the right <laughs> yeah. what, what, did, uh, what did he say exactly so now <laughs> but there's any number of sources you want to look up the lyrics you want to look up the chords you want to look up how to play the lead you can easily access all that. Right. And and it may not always be 100% right, but it gets you in the ballpark. Yeah. Well, and, you yeah. know, I think we'll see trends. We are seeing trends. We're seeing, certainly, I think that there are stylistic trends that I'm noticing, patterns. So right now, something that I see a ton of, if I'm looking at, you know, my Instagram feed or whatever, it's like, there are loads of people who are playing by tapping. That's yeah. a thing right now. And I mean, it's, it's been, it was a thing way back in the, in the 30s and whatever. But now there, it's like I'm getting a lot of, hey, here's me, you know, tap playing and not in the style of, you know, EVH that, that everybody associates it with, but doing mm -hmm. entire songs like that, creating melodies. And it's like, that's cool. Go do that. I think that you're just seeing more versions of things for us to to say, aha, that's the thing that I want to do. And then everybody well, goes, does that and then shares it, you know? Well, like you were saying uh, that Tony was talking about uh, the Beatles and Ed Sullivan, it, it doesn't even have to be somebody who's a great player. I mean, uh, right now with the indie scene, uh, there's a lot of just great rock and roll bands out there. And, you know, the Beatles made people pick up guitars. Elvis made people pick up guitars. It wasn't just Eddie, you know. It's like there's people like, I just want to know three chords and I want to turn it up to ten. That's all I care about. Sure. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, I, I wouldn't necessarily focus on just the, the guy with the technique. Oh, that's definitely part of it. It's just like it just takes that one guy to write a great rock song with guitar in it. And people go, I, I want to do that. Yeah. You know, I, had, so I think I you had that with Cobain, too. I, I, I personally yeah. am not really a fan, but I, I mean. Well, certain, yeah, there are there are definitely certain watershed. There will be another thing that comes along and everybody's like, holy. I mean, hey, look, I, I think Queens of the Stone Age are doing that 100 percent right now. Like they are just injecting yeah. adrenaline back into into rock. Yeah. And like people are saying, I don't know. It's just something I'm aware of in my personal set. Yeah, I'm yeah, just saying, you yeah, know. Grohl has, I mean, yeah, for a drummer, great, he's, he's done a hell a of a job of bringing the guitar like, back. <laughs> I, I, they're, they're out there. They're out there, and there's, um, I'm confident 
that it's going to be better than ever. It's going to be healthier. Sean, you've said that before. It's like, this is the, this is the time we've never mm-hmm. seen it like this. I, I think so too. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. saying that, to, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're couch experts, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> we may be oh, eating right. our words next week, but, <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, that's, but you know, it's interesting because, you know, we've kind of shift focus now because we started with manufacturers and retailers well, it, it's and now a it's a circle but it, it feeds is. each other it, it, it's like they do if it's, nobody's asking for the products nobody's going to build the products if nobody builds the products nobody's going to play for the products and ask the products so yeah. like it 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 all it all work works together the only difference is that it's a constantly spiraling upward thing because of new players coming in new technologies new advents in 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 music and and the exit of old ways of thinking about things. Yeah. That's the only well, difference. And, it, and innovation too. I mean, look at Florian. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, there's there are people that are doing really great things. His millimetric guitars are they're awesome. No yeah. one, Nobody's no one that. was doing that. So there's a lot of innovation also going on. The digital effects that are coming from guys like uh, Doctor Scientist and uh, you know Mantic and a lot of those Canadian guys. They're, doing really super innovative great stuff Canada. <laughs> yes they're kind they're kindly killing us uh, sorry yeah well sorry. one other one other thing that i'll touch on in this subject is aside from okay so we've talked about the retail guys we've talked about uh, the, the smaller builder guys we've talked about the actual players another huge aspect of the guitar industry the guitar world right that we're in we are now seeing more so than ever unions happening so mm-hmm. i've been in communication with frank Dimel over in germany he is part of the egb um which i believe stands for the european guitar builders uh it's german so it's got to be cool and <laughs> very good and also the hggs in vienna so they're getting together forming unions right we have that over here uh where you know we just went to one uh uh, you know a a gear show where builders got together created a union of of builders and enthusiasts you have micro shows happening such as um you know like fear the rift just happened there's now granted i'm i'm kind of mentioning shows but they're more than shows because they're being they're being organized in different ways frank was kind enough to say hey you should really talk to these guys that are these these people that are in these groups and here's the names of these builders and that kind of access just is is fantastic and it just i to me it shows the solidarity of builders and of the enthusiasts and of the people involved and whatever aspect it is, whether whether you're a builder, whether you're a player, whether you just like to hang them on your wall, uh, there's ways do into that. the world. Yeah, don't don't just do that. Play them for Pete's sakes. But my point is, there are ways into the into your guitar world beyond just having gear, beyond just playing the gear, beyond mm-hmm. just talking to your friend. There there's so many different ways to to connect now um and it's i love it i flipping love it yeah with with shows with clinics with uh you know gear related uh things like you were saying um i can't speak to any any of the other um products but 
although I, it's not it's far from a union. Um, the pedal builders, we the smaller guys, yeah. we all know each other. We all talk, and there is a lot of bending down to reach and pull up in that community. I'm very blessed and very lucky to be working with a lot of these people. And there, I was a guy. He talked to me about, you know, I'm I need to get in stores or any. I, in the past, maybe somebody would have said, well, I'm not going to help you. Yeah. But I'm like, if somebody gave me that info, I'm going to pass it down. And it helps everyone because I can't build 50,000 pedals a year. Okay. So it's not going to hurt me if that guy builds pedals and that guy, builds, we're all going to sell pedals. You know what I'm saying? And for the most part, a lot of us are really different in our approaches. So there is a lot of uh, community behind, like I said, that's all I could say for about the pedal builders. I don't know about the rest of the gear guys, but yeah, even though it's not union, there is definitely a uh, teamwork kind of spirit, yeah. which is great. It's wonderful. And for, for clarity, I'm not saying union in the t- traditional form of union. I'm just oh, saying I know a, what you mean. Yeah. A collective. A collective yes. would be a better way. Yes. To yes. yes. Yeah. Sorry. I just meant not <laughs> not a union in the form of a workers union, but right. the gathering. But you're people. talking about something that's actually organized and and and, you know, people are in. Yeah, I'm just saying in a loose you know, not involved with that kind of thing where it's just basically just people knowing people. Yep. Uh, That's where we're at. Doing something about it. Yeah. On their, on their own terms. Mm -hmm. Oh, lovely conversation, gentlemen. Yeah. I'm excited for the dang old guitar future. I hope everybody else is. I'm, I'm gearing up for it. I'm buying more plastic. I'm going to get more (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Uh, That's not good news for my wife, but anyways, Yes. Shall we move on? I hear the distant, the distant conch shell from Hawaii say. <laughs> Would you rather? I don't know if that's Hawaiian or not, but it sounded like Hawaiian. <laughs> so what do we have? Okay. So in honor of Jared, uh, we are going to do uh, Would You Rather. Yes. It's a double in your honor, I guess you could say. Double, double. Yes. A double, double. Uh, would you rather? In honor of? Jared. No. No? No. No. Nope. Bigger. Think way bigger than him. Not in size, but in? Oh, in terms of pettiness? Uh, we, okay, yes. <laughs> and, and, and we talked about this a little bit before the show, and, and uh, it, it, it actually does make sense, and we'll, yes. we'll, we'll discuss it a little further, but in honor of Mr. Tom Petty. Yes. Uh, this Would You Rather also goes out yes. in his honor. Yes. So would yeah. you rather, on an acoustic guitar, have a magnetic sound hole pickup or an under-the-saddle piezo pickup? Piezo. Hey, piezo. Pass me the piezo. Yeah. Salami. So, magnetic sound hole pickup, under the saddle. Right. Now, yeah, why does that relate to So Tom it relates Petty. to Tom Petty because uh, he always uh, insisted, I guess, on having his acoustic guitars that he played live have a magnetic sound hole pickup. Yeah. Or, or at least to our knowledge, 
pretty much always used one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go so far as he insisted because I can't. Yeah, he can't insisted. Be. Are you sure? In my last discussion with him, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, and there, there are pros and cons. There are with, pros and cons. That. Yes. Yeah, there are pros and cons to both. Mm-hmm. Um, so, does okay. everyone have an opinion? I think we probably do have an opinion. Okay. Todd, you go first. Oh, I would say I'm going to go with Basim. Ah. Now, I've had traditional pickups that I've tr- tried to use in, in, uh, in a hollow body guitar, and I did not like it. It sounded too compressed. It sounded narrow. Uh, it just it sounded like it was an electric guitar trying to be an acoustic guitar. I currently have my Art & Luthery Roadhouse Dreadnought style guitar with the with the pays but here's the thing on your on that particular instrument and uh <laughs> back in the old days of the old barkus berry yeah uh those those were very brittle sounding yeah um you always had to take them out through outboard electronics to get them to sound reasonably nice uh but I mean, your guitar, I mean, it, 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 it definitely has very nice acoustic tone. I think, is that a Fisherman in there? Uh, you know, I, I should know that too. See how he is. He asked me something. I wasn't I prepared do, to answer. I do, and I do, and I do for that up you. Real quick. And this is the thanks I get. Um, so you're going piezo or piezo as they say in the UK. Yes. Mm. Yes. And, and, and also I think because of how I'm playing, so I don't have a full stage set up <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like Petty might. So yeah. I'm sure it probably sounds, it sounds awesome when he's doing it. But for me, I, I go the other route. Fair enough. Yeah. Sean. Mine is um, pretty simple. Uh, I am not an acoustic player. Uh, I don't have that much talent. I don't have that much patience. And I have the hands of a small little girl. So you're, really, I, you're a big guy. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I don't know, what but that I'm going to cheat. I don't want to. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat, though. Okay. Okay. All right. I I will tell you three things, and this will tell you exactly what I want to do with my acoustic. Okay. Okay. Kim Deal, the Breeders, Cannonball. Gotcha. That's what I'm going to do. Sound hole pickup. Put it through a dirt box and 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 do something really cool with it because I just I don't I don't really play acoustic. Totally fair. Yeah, and I that's about it. as close as I could get to be able to do anything with an acoustic was three chords and and a couple bars. I get you. I I yeah. I stayed away from them for the longest time until I needed it for an actual project, and I was like, all right, fine. Anyways, I like to someday. Yeah. <laughs> It helps when you have them just around the house and not in a, that was, that was something that actually helped me get more into playing um, acoustically in the house. But, well, don't get me wrong. I'll play uh, electrics on Amplified all the time on the couch. That's more of a finger exercise or me, you know, dinking around. But yeah. uh, to me, you make beautiful music out of an acoustic and I don't make beautiful music out of an acoustic. <laughs> Big Tony. This is a tough one because I've used both over the years. Yes. And as I alluded to earlier, I mean, the, the piezo um, systems have just come so, so far. Um, 
I really do like the sound of a of a magnetic pickup in the sound hole, though. I, I don't know what it is, and and especially if you're going to uh, amplify it. Um, now, the the downside is with a magnetic pickup, you usually have to uh, remove the or really lower the the pull pieces under the E and the and the B string because those are plain metal and they break through the uh, the magnetic field easier than the bronze strings do if you're using bronze strings. So mm. in order to maintain balance, the, the magnetic pickup is is always it's, it's a little bit wonky that way. Um, from a convenience standpoint, having the piezo bridge, and especially, I mean, some, most guitars now have a built-in you know, preamplifier and tuner and everything else under the sun that you can control the sound a lot better. You can get a little more true acoustic tone than what you could you know, yeah. 20 years ago. I'm thrilled with, this, with what I got online. Yeah, mine. I mean, I, when I heard, you know, because that was my question, which yeah. one is the, is the microphone? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I know that. I found that out via the magic of the internet. It is, it is actually proprietary. Uh, Godin, the Q1T built-in electronics, and it's got a built-in tuner. Um, yeah. uh, but it doesn't, it, it's just got volume, um, uh, treble, and bass. Yeah. Uh, it's not super complicated. I've picked up, you know, like, um, I remember one of the last ones that had in, on board electronics was a Takamini that I was just like, where's the manual? <laughs> you know, I was like, holy crap. This is like an entire computer system inside the guitar. And it was just completely overkill. And I, yeah, for me, no, no, no. Simple. Make it yeah. simple. Well, that's, you know, uh, so I, I guess my end, my end answer is if I were to need just one or the other, I would probably go, uh, if it was for a live gig, I would probably go with the piezo. And I still stand by my Sansamp Acoustic DI yeah. outboard pedal. That one, I mean... I'll it, have to try that. Will you let me try that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. It's, it is, I mean, it, it gives you some control. It gives you a blend. It, it, it really it has a notch filter in it so you can dial out. Using the bags right now. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's not a bad one either. Yeah. But that's, that's the one... I mean, for years I when I gigged acoustically, that's what 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 I used. Yeah. Oh man. So there right. you have it. Cool. Uh, cool. Excellent. Yeah. And if you are saying, "Hey, this sounds really good," man, I'd like to get a guitar with that. I'm just saying, I will absolutely vouch for my Art and Luther. I love that guitar. It yeah. is fantastic, and I, it, you know, it did not break me to buy that. I absolutely love it. And if you want to, if you want a custom pick guard on it, like I got, you can hit up Tony. <laughs> I know a guy. I know a guy. I, I know got a guy. guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, speaking of, we got guys. Uh, let's see here. We're gonna we're gonna share a few things. We've got some important people. Um, if there were girls, I would have said we got guys and girls, but right now it's only all guys, and that's okay. All right. So we want to uh, thank our executive producers for their support of our podcast. We have – I'm going to read from backwards this time. we got Robin Smith, yeah. Derek Fitzer, pa- Pete Ooh. Marshall, Carlos Mancha, uh. Matt Brammer, David Wolfson, Martin Cliff, and Tom Brazen. Thank you guys so much. We truly appreciate it, and we enjoy your uh, your interaction on the on our socials as well. Absolutely. Um, 
If you would like to become an executive producer, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs to find out how. And also make sure that you check out our Instagram. Uh, we post lots of good stuff on there. And our Facebook group, please join us on there. I know I have a little thing at the end that tells you where to do all that, but I just felt like saying it. It's a little bit more personal-like. And Tony, you can be found at? I can be reached at www.pickguardian.com and also on various social media platforms. Excellent. And Sean? We can be reached at www.lollygaggereffects.com and we are on the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Excellent. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We we love you. <laughs> that was my well. That was, that was so my sincere. <laughs> I love you all, <laughs> Sharon. Yeah. Subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at the for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time